Life is hard at times. Our hearts often get bruised and battered. Yet God offers us words that help and heal those hearts when we turn to Him. Welcome to the Sweet Sela Moments Podcast, where we study His Word and find strength for the day. The Sweet Sela Moments Podcast is a cooperative production of Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. Welcome to the Sweet Sela Moments Podcast. This is episode 82, The Quiet Heart, and it's also a brand new season of our podcast. Sharon, it's hard to believe this is season six. I know. That went really fast. (laughs) And we still haven't run out of things to say. I know. Which would not surprise either of our husbands at all. No, no. God has given you and me many words. Yes, indeed. And this season, Sharon and I decided we wanted to look at one very famous character in the Bible and learn lessons from the many stories about him. We're going to study David, the greatest earthly king Israel ever had. We're calling this season Heart Lessons, Learning from the Life of David. Before we get to King David, though, we're going to take a brief look at the fall from grace of the first king of Israel, King Saul. Saul was chosen by God and the people of Israel kind of against God's best plan. God had not wanted the people to have any earthly king, but they wanted to be like all the other nations. Isn't that typical, Nicole? Mm -hmm. I want to be like everyone else, even though everyone else is failing at life. What is that, right? Misery loves company, I guess. (laughs) Man, they had the honor of having God, the one true God, as their king. And they're Mm -hmm. like, no, no, we want kings like everyone else. And God tried to warn them. Kings like palaces. They like really fancy houses. And guess where they're getting the money? from to build them. Texas. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so sometimes we desire what isn't good for us. Mm. You know, that is just human nature. They desired something that really wasn't best for them. We want the latest iPhone, maybe, mm. because we think, <laughs> oh, that would be good for me. And we already know cell phones aren't that great for us, <laughs> let alone the newest version. Right. What about, can you think of anything else that we want that leads to trouble? Yeah, any any wanting of possessions. You look at your friend's house or car or anything, you're like, oh, I need that now. That can lead you to debt yes. or spending money that you should have spent on groceries or something to get that thing you think will make you happy right now. Mm-hmm. You know, Or even trying to get more money if you're working so hard and so intently for the wrong reasons. You could be neglecting loved ones or Absolutely. things that matter. Yes, you know? and oh boy, haven't we seen that. Um, very highly successful men divorced yeah. because... They never had time for their wives mm-hmm. while they were building their little empires. Right, it's really sad. Yeah. And then careful. they're lonely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. It's so mm-hmm. true. Well, okay. Well, back to Saul. <laughs> <laughs> um, Saul was given a specific command, sort of, I don't know, mid-career as king or maybe early to middle years as yeah. king, um, that he disobeyed. Until mm-hmm. then, he was, a, he was an okay king. He didn't really want to be king to begin with. He was basically hiding from it when Samuel first That's appointed right. him. Do you remember? Yes. He's this I big, forgot. huge hero type looking guy hiding in the baggage, oh, that's which right. it just always cracked me up. Aww. He's like, I do not want to be king. But anyways, he's gotten way too used to being king. Yeah. And there's a saying um, that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm. And unfortunately, Saul has gotten um, what they call in the South, the big head. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you ever heard that? Yes. He's got the big head. He's got the big head. <laughs> he got the big head. So um, 
he was given a specific command at this um, juncture to wait for the prophet Samuel after a battle. Mm. And he got impatient. Mm. So we're going to read 1 Samuel 13, 7 to 14. And in it is the very first mention of David before Mm. we even meet him. So why don't you start with the second half of verse 7. All right. Meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgal, and his men were trembling with fear. Saul waited there seven days for Samuel, as Samuel had instructed him earlier, but Samuel still didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away. So he demanded, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings, and Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself. Just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offering, Samuel arrived, and Saul went out to meet and welcome him. But Samuel said, what is this you have done? Saul replied, I saw my men scattering from me, and you didn't arrive when you said you would. And the Philistines are at Michmash, that's a fun word, ready for battle. (laughs) (laughs) You can't say that with a straight face. No, Michmash. (laughs) So I said, the Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal, and I haven't even asked for the Lord's help. Mm. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt (laughs) offering myself before you came. How foolish, Samuel exclaimed. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom must end, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Oh, baby. Wow. Wow, You disobeyed, and that's it. It's over for you. But it was a big disobeying, wasn't it? Was. it? And it's it, probably because his heart was so arrogant. And, well, I'm going to do it because I think it's what's best for my troops exactly. and me. Exactly. I think it's because yep. his heart was just so... Yeah, it's a heart issue. Yeah. You're exactly yeah. right. It was. <clears throat> he um, offered a sacrifice which wasn't even his place. That's a sacred mm. job, only to be performed by priests. And in this case, Samuel was the priest and also the judge of Israel. So Saul was fearful, impatient, and prideful. Ah, I yes. think you're right. I think you're right. Not good qualities for a king, mm. right? So anyway, we're going to have to leave poor Saul for now because he is not our theme guy who will stay king a long time still, but without God's favor resting on him. Mm. And we're going to turn to David. So the first thing we learn about David before we even meet him is that God sought him out because he was, quote, a man after his own heart, after God's Mm. own heart. Nicole, what does that phrase mean, to be a, a person after God's own heart? I know. It's a beautiful phrase, isn't it? It is. It I is. Always, I always thought it meant that um, David had a heart that sought God first, maybe, you know, that he always went back to God, even after he messed up big time over and over again. He always came back to God. He did. He did. And I think that shows the continuing of his heart mm. being after God. Being drawn to Right. Him. Yeah. But when God says this here... David hasn't messed up yet. He's still this kid watching yeah. sheep in a field. So he hasn't had these big moments. He hasn't had the big moments. Coming back. No. <laughs> Which shows you that his heart did stay. And mm. we'll, we'll see that as we unfold yeah. the life of David. But what's fascinating to me is that God saw a heart that yearned for him in mm. a little boy out in a field oh, yeah. watching sheep that no one knew and no one saw. And it just warms me so much because I think he finds us um, sometimes most in what we do when no one's watching, in obscurity, right? Yeah. Right? I had a field um, incident once. It was so fun. (laughs) Um, I was leading a... um, 
a high school Bible study. We were doing this Bible study thing, and I just got it in my head that we needed to get closer to God. So we all sat in a field for a morning with our Bibles and our journals, and we weren't allowed to talk to each other. So way back in high school, I actually did that one Sila thing. Yes. Isn't that funny? That's cute. God was preparing you. I guess he was, (laughs) because then I didn't do it again forever. But um, it was so funny, because the first hour in the field, the the grass was like sticking on my bare legs because it was summer and I was in oh, yeah. shorts and there were bugs. Oh, and no. I was so embarrassed. I'd asked everybody to do it because it was, quite frankly, awful sitting there, <laughs> no. you know? And I'm like, oh, for crying out loud. But everybody else looked like they were like really into reading the Bible. Right. And I was sitting there itching my legs. So <laughs> it, took, it took over an hour before I could settle myself enough because mm. I've always been kind of hyper. Yeah, no, <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then God came mm. in just such a holy, beautiful way. And um, I remember sitting in that field whispering and saying, you are more real than anything I've ever seen. Wow, you know, Sherry. it was so glorious. That's amazing. So <laughs> I feel like there's something about fields mm. and sitting in them for a while. And that's how David spent his days yeah. was being in no a field. distractions. Right. Sitting in the silence, out in God's right. creation. Right. Watching those sheep. <laughs> yep, yep. And unlike other shepherds who probably did not choose to seek God there, mm. he did. Mm. And God saw it, and so that's how God chose him. And oh, then we're wow. going to watch how his heart stays soft. That's awesome. And that when it gets hard, he can't stand it, and he has to yeah. get soft again because he loves God that much. I wonder if he remembers that closeness. I wonder you if know, he, as a yeah. little boy, I wonder if he's yeah. like, Wait, I want that again. I want that back. He had it so so deeply so, yes, so when he was oh. young. So wow. Oh, I love this. Okay. <laughs> well, today's episode is called the Quiet Heart, and that's. Because David's beginnings were really quiet, like you said, Sherrod. He was a little shepherd boy with only sheep for company. Our whole ministry, Sharon, is wrapped up in the idea that Selah time, quiet time alone with God, is what equips us to serve God. And we're going to see this played out in David's life. We are, exactly. I'm so excited to unpack this for us because David actually did best when he had alone times with God, mm. as do we all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even Jesus, who was absolutely perfect, often sought wilderness times to be alone with his father while he was on earth and limited to a human body. We need to learn how to keep a quiet heart mm-hmm. if we are to grow and if we are to serve in God's strength and not our own, because mm, our yeah. own just fails us so often. It does. <laughs> so one of the most beautiful glimpses into some of what David learned as a shepherd boy is found in the most famous Psalm, Psalm mm-hmm. 23. Let's read it. Mm-hmm. Why don't you read the first three verses and I'll read the last three. I love this Psalm. I don't care yeah. how many times I read it. I still <laughs> want to read it again. I memorized it as a child and I still recite it when I'm scared. Mm. It's like my go-to. It's so a good one. It calms me. It makes me nestle in, mm. you know? Tucking so. close to him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I hope you, listener, who's listening to this podcast, I hope you feel the same mm. as we read Psalm 23. All right, Psalm 23, and this was written by David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Love it so much. That's beautiful. I memorized this in the King James as well when I was a kid. So this is the one that I'm so familiar with. It's it's just got a rhythm to it. It does. It's the one thing where I can't, you know, I listen, I do New Living Translation a lot. Yeah. I I have to have it in the King James. Yes, because that's what's in your head. And so reading it through is a little bit clunky sometimes for me. And and I, you know, yes, yes, it's like, no, no, that's not, where's the yay? Right. You make it. (laughs) I'm not making it. Well, it's cute. My my little one, um, Charlotte, she's seven now but back when she was five they memorized this verse in Sunday school but they Aww. memorized it in the NLT so uh-huh. as she was reciting it to um, her teacher she had said he lets me sit in grass <laughs> that is adorable <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd he lets me sit in grass and it's so funny because Melissa Price was her teacher and she just reminded me of that the other day she oh goes remember goodness. when Charger said that to us <laughs> She wrote it in her Bible. It was so sweet because just the simplicity. So my my favorite verse is verse two. And Charlotte really brought it around for me. Oh, my goodness. It's such this beautiful, peaceful, simple picture of the Lord is my shepherd. He lets me sit in grass. I love it. He, he lets me. Come. He lets it's like, me. guess what? You don't have to work every second of the day. No, he lets me sit yeah. before him. And I, I love that. It's so I comforting. Do too. And it we should just thing. rejoice that we have a God who actually in the Big Ten, said, mm. take a day to rest, people. Oh, right? Wow. He knew our nature. He knew we would need a oh, command. Yes, to we have to be <laughs> commanded. But he lets us sit. He does. And I'm very, very thankful. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's beautiful. I love I that. <laughs> well, David clearly learned out there by himself that just as his clueless sheep needed his careful <laughs> watch care, he needed God's. God shepherded David while he was a boy, and their Mm. love for each other grew in that quiet place. Mm. I really see David and God having a love relationship Mm. after each other's hearts. It's really beautiful. It's why I really wanted to study David, because he's um, just so unique in that. Well, Nicole, there are seasons in life where it's really hard to find those quiet places where you nestle in mm. and you're actually smack dab in the middle of one <laughs> of those places where it's hard to find the quiet yeah. so talk to me how in the world <laughs> right now are you finding quiet it's never ever by accident <laughs> <laughs> doesn't just magically appear for it you it never has and I, no. I think I always <laughs> wanted it to so badly and I just like oh I'll, I'll, I'll get to it and I'll do it and I never did and so it's been it's been a journey, and I'm for sure still figuring it out. And um, recently, Josh and I have been really trying to get time in the morning with God first thing. Yeah. It has been almost a changing of our whole life to get this quiet time first. We've had a change not watching TV late at night anymore. Oh, yeah. We no longer watch TV in the evening, like once mm-hmm. or twice a week. We go to bed early now so that we can wake up early in the morning. Yes. We actually rearrange our whole bedroom so that we what? can have quiet time in the room. Because with four children and oh, three dogs, yeah. when you get up early and go downstairs, they're all awake. And then right. I feel guilty reading my Bible when my puppies are hungry and my kids are crawling on my lap. So we've, we put a giant dresser into our closet, made it squishy, but we put a chair in our room with a little bookshelf. Beautiful. A nice comfy chair, and it's wonderful. 
we made space for it. We had to work for quiet time. That's But we beautiful. made it work and our door is closed and the kids don't come into our bedrooms in the morning because the door is closed and daddy is reading his Bible in the chair and then we switch and I sit in the chair and read my Bible. If he's bringing the kids to school and then if I bring them to school, when I come home, I sit on the porch outside because I... Like David, there's something about being outside yes. that calms me because yes. I am a very hyper person as well. I have uh-huh. lots of energy. Yes. So to get me still, it takes a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am identifying. Oh, it's hard to sit and like, you know, okay, 10 minutes with God that I'm rushing through and I'm like, God, I, what? Hello? I didn't even say hi to you. I just did it. Right. So right. being outside, I've been sitting still for like five minutes. I'm trying to still my thoughts. But it's, it's a work. It's a work in progress work in for progress. sure. Yeah. And some days yeah. it's a little different every day, but I'm trying uh-huh. to still make it a first thing. Yeah, I love that. If it were me, I'd have to have a little um, hot pot of tea so that oh, I could make yes. it in the room <laughs> or a Keurig and do I a coffee. Say, can we have like a little Keurig in our bedroom? He's like, I don't know, maybe we should. Like we'll have breakfast and, up there soon. And a <laughs> fridge. <laughs> I'm like, we got to commit to this, but we've had to really make it I am so proud of you. Yes. Yes. But it's worth it because we, it it took us a while to rearrange the room, but God is blessing our time with him. And he's blessing the effort it took to get there in this crazy season. And honestly, (laughs) you're blessing your children because you're coming downstairs then um, with a piece you wouldn't have had. Yeah. And you've you've already established by your actions and by your time sacrifice right. who's most important. Mm. Even though your kids are super uber important, right. you know, and if they fell and were screaming in pain, <laughs> right. I believe God would want you to take care yes, of them. Yes, yes. I'm yes. pretty sure he would encourage that. <laughs> but, uh, but you know what I mean. Yeah. You've, you've put first things first. Yes. I think that's beautiful. But also the porch. I love your porch. Oh, yes. You have an awesome porch. Thank you. It's perfect. I know why you want to sit out there. It's my favorite. (laughs) Oh, it's so cool. Well, I obviously have a much easier time finding quiet these days. I didn't back in my heyday with children and dogs. (laughs) But it doesn't mean that I don't still have to actively seek out quiet with God. Mm. And this is the struggle for my age group. Oh, there's quiet. But you know what? Satan always wants to distract you. It doesn't oh, yeah. matter how much, quote, time you have. In fact, sometimes if you have too much time, you think you can always do it later. Oh, right. And you can't. Right. No, you cannot. <laughs> so um, you can be quiet when you're scrolling on your phone, but that's not really quiet with God at all. Right, For example, right. it's not the kind of quiet that makes you fall in love with a good shepherd. So. Mm. You chose the porch. I love my deck. Mm-hmm. I love a walk on the ocean. I love wilderness quiet times with yeah. him because there's something about creation that just speaks. Mm-hmm. It really is. So I seek those as well as my, you know, my daily quiet times. So oh, I love that. So anyways, I think the reason God chose an obscure shepherd boy in Jerusalem, <laughs> in, Jerusalem in Bethlehem, <laughs> to be the next king was because that quiet boy out in the wilderness chose to seek God. Oh, yeah. Even though he had a lot of time, it didn't mean, mean that he'd necessarily seek him. Yeah, he so. saw God. All right, so let's look it. at the story about what happened after God withdrew his favor from Saul mm. and how David um, gets introduced. Yeah. Because we hear about him, and, you know, this is a man after my own heart, but we haven't met him yet. So. All right. We're going to read from 1 Samuel 16, 1 through 13, and I'll start first. All righty. So now the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. 
But Samuel asked, how can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he'll kill me. (laughs) It's a valid question. Yes, it is valid. (laughs) Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Hmm. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which one of his sons to anoint for me. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. (laughs) What's wrong, they asked. Do you come in peace? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Samuel replied. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. Okay, so I just have to stop here because I just noticed this for the very first time ever. The elders were at the sacrifice too. This wasn't completely secret. I was always thinking it was Jesse and his sons. Yeah. But the elders are there. Wowzers. When are they a little nervous? I know. (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) Okay, verse 6. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. (laughs) But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shemiah, but Samuel said, Neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's (laughs) sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. A lot of boys. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Then Samuel asked, Are these all the sons you have? (laughs) There is still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the field watching the sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. (laughs) (laughs) And the Lord said, this is the one. Anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. So what do we learn about how God selects kings, evidently, and his people from this passage? Definitely very different than how humans select kings, huh? Oh, my word, yes. I mean, he went first right to the tallest, handsomest, oldest, most capable-looking son. Logical, right? He would start with there, and then he worked his way from oldest to youngest. (laughs) It's so funny, but God clearly is looking beyond their strengths and their outward appearance because he did find David in the field and said, no, this is the one. This is the one. I see his heart. Yeah. Which is why our whole season is heart lessons because don't you want a heart that God is pleased when he looks at? Yes. Isn't that be wonderful? God just loved David's heart. I want him to like my heart. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be awfully nice. (laughs) Yes. So sometimes it's hard to see inside a person's heart. I mean, Mm, for you and I, it's easy for God, but not so easy for us. What are some clues to look for when we want to see if something's okay on the inside? Yeah. My first thought was our actions, like, oh, a person's actions can show their heart. But even that's tricky because we're really good at fooling people and we can fake it for a while. Mm -hmm. But I think watching someone's continued actions or what they do when no one's looking, like how they are at home or how they are when they're not in the spotlight. I think that can really reveal the state of our hearts. I agree. I agree. Over time, I think you see that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I have this theory about David's beautiful eyes. Oh, yeah, I know. (laughs) I don't remember ever reading that. (laughs) His beautiful eyes. (laughs) That's odd. You know how Jesus said that the eyes are the light of the soul? Oh, yeah. Have you ever looked at a person's eyes and they're Mm. dull or Mm. they don't look at you? Yeah. 
I wonder if something up was shining, you know, oh, out of David's eyes, that they were beautiful because the joy of the Lord was in them. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. So sometimes, sometimes I can tell a lot by a person's eyes. Mm. I really can. And yeah. I think they are a window to the soul. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know how supposedly you can catch a person lying because they don't look directly at you? Yes. So I feel like maybe there's something in the eyes there, but hmm, that's it's just a theory. <laughs> just a theory. Well, I also think we need to remember that we can go from having a soft heart to having a hard heart. So mm. we can like initially see someone with a soft heart yeah. because you can slowly move, move away from the Lord toward apathy or selfishness, yeah. right? And we're going to see David do that later in his life. But um, for now, he's a kid <laughs> who was watching sheep who suddenly finds himself anointed king, <laughs> evidently with the elders of the town looking on as well as his family. Yeah. Um, And he has no connection to the reigning king, and the reigning king probably won't like it. So I feel like that was unsettling. Yeah, and in front of all of his older brothers, who probably were a little indignant about being passed over by the youngest. Excuse (laughs) us. This is a kid. um, What? (laughs) Unbelievable. It's so funny. And yep. And I guess he just went back to watching the sheep after that, right? I guess he did. He's like, right, so now I'm king. (laughs) I mean, I think I'll go back to the sheep. The goats need me, right? They didn't just usher him into the city all of a sudden. It's so, so weird. It is very strange how oh, this all kind of came yeah. about. It's like they kept it hush-hush, but somehow not just his family, but the elders of the village mm. knew that Samuel had anointed him for the next king. And this was going to happen. And it was going to so happen. they had witnesses. So that's yeah, good. Yeah. Well, sometimes God tells us something special is going to happen, and then there's a long delay before mm. it actually does. <laughs> I remember when... um. Ray was waiting to hear if he was going to be um, picked up for a lieutenant colonel. He was oh, a major, yeah. but there was a major drawdown <laughs> <laughs> going on. Um, and so many, many people were being asked to leave the military. Oh, wow. And it's so funny, Nicole, because um, our neighbors knew that he'd already been passed over once for major. So this is like his last chance to be lieutenant colonel. Yeah. And for most of them, it would be the end of the world if Ray didn't get that. But right. Ray and I really were settled that, mm. in fact, we prayed, don't let him get it if you want us to go home. Oh, you know, right. so yeah. we're pretty settled. So there's a neighbor out like trimming the hedges in front of our apartment. And um, Ray comes in and he tells me he didn't make it. And we're yeah. like, right. So now we're, we had a long wait, which I'm about to get to the long wait. Yeah. Um, so the neighbor says to me, so Ray made Lieutenant Colonel. I said, no, he didn't. He said, but he looked happy. Oh, my word. <laughs> oh, Sharon. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's we God. kind of are. <laughs> yeah. That's God. That's his peace no matter what the world tells that's us right. we are. Because yeah. he Aww. was going to get to retire right. with, you know, a pension at 17 years wow. when you normally you have to be in for 20. Right. But because it was a drawdown, he wasn't being let go because he was oh, bad, right. you know. Um we got, we got a pension, well, that's and he nice. served three less years. So he's okay with uh, that. I mean, we were all we were <laughs> fine. But anyways, then we had this long, long wait. We uh, knew he was getting out. We yeah. knew that his heart was to teach Christian school, oh, which is the nice. other reason he was excited about it. Yeah. He wanted to teach history. And God did not show us the job for nine months. We were literally having to go live with his parents in our 40s like little kids (laughs) without a job. Oh, my goodness. Can you stand it? And then the last week, I mean, we chipped the car. We were going to go live with mom and dad (laughs) with our two kids. Um, Then he got the job at Portsmouth Christian where he's been for 26 years. that's wonderful. The job God wanted for him. Yeah. Absolutely. So sometimes, in conclusion, that was a really long story. (laughs) 
We had to wait for the ending. It was so exciting. <laughs> we have to wait a long time. And yes. David's going to have to wait a long time, too. Oh. So It's hard to wait. It's it's so hard to wait on God, especially... it teaches us patience, but it's not my favorite time to no. wait. I no. know when I talked to Lydia about starting um, doing dog breeding, I was yeah. so excited. And I want a dog like the next day. It took me nine months as well to find See? a dog. And I was just like, but I'm ready to start now. now. God, right now, where are the puppies? <laughs> so it's been a long wait. Mm-hmm. So many good things. God teaches us he through does. the wait. He, he does. does. <laughs> oh boy. Well, we are going to watch David's life and be amazed at all the twists and turns and hardships along the way. Being picked by God to do something special sure doesn't mean you're going to get to take it easy. (laughs) God allows hard things in our lives way more often than we think is advisable. (laughs) But let's not forget that it started with a close relationship Mm. and a quieted heart. No matter what the world throws at us, let's guard that quiet time with God fiercely against all the lions and bears and wolves out there that would Mm. distract us. Yes. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, I'm so happy that we're doing this series. I want a heart that pleases you. Would you teach all of us who are entering into this study what that heart looks like through the life of David? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed our first episode in our new series called Heart Lessons, Learning from the Life of David. We've got so many wonderful things to unpack. If you'd like to comment or make suggestions, you can find us at sweetsela.org slash podcast. If you want to see more of our materials and studies, make sure you look for us on your favorite social media platform. We are on Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. In addition, you can join our app by typing in Sweet Sela app on your search bar. We also send out a weekly email that is sort of a summary of what's happening in the ministry with links to connect you. Email us at Sharon at SweetSela.org to get the weekly news. And we send out a special newsletter to our podcast partners if you'd like to become a podcast partner donor. For donations, go to SweetSela.org slash donations. That's a lot of information, friends, (laughs) but we do love to connect with those who listen. So now you know how. Come back next week for episode 83. It's called The Worshipful Heart. Let's talk about worship together. And this week, we wish you times of quiet where your heart can hear God's big, loving heart whispering how dear you are to Him. Have a great week. We are so glad you stopped for a while with us. The Sweet Sela Moments podcast is a cooperative production of Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. More information about this podcast can be found at sweetsela.org. Thank you for joining us.